Welcome to Make It, Share It, the podcast where we explore the simple but profound process to overcome fear, doubt, perfectionism, and more enemies of creativity. Make it and share it. We'll talk to creators of all kinds, from artists and writers to entrepreneurs and inventors, to learn about their creative process, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them by making and sharing. Whether you're an artist, entrepreneur, or someone who wants to create but feels stuck, this podcast is for you. Creativity, meet courage. All right, welcome back to Make It, Share It, the podcast where we explore creativity, meeting courage, and super excited today to have Melanie McWhorter joining us uh, in the studio. So hi, Melanie. Hi, thank you so Hello. much for having me. Yeah, and then joined by Coop and Lauren, as always. Hello. So yeah, today we're going to get to know Melanie and a little bit of her uh, story along with her husband, Jay, that she'll share about creating Edison Coffee Co. and and just their uh, journey from being a local coffee shop to becoming a roaster that supplies coffee all over the place. Some probably your favorite coffee houses that I'm sure we'll talk about. So just a great journey of making and sharing in the business world, but also a place as I've gotten to know them that really does cultivate relationships and explore beauty, uh, which yeah. so it's a it's just a fun group uh, to get to know. So we're just excited and delighted to jump in today. Thanks, Mel, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am yeah. huge fans of you guys. Uh, yeah, I can just what you have uh, helped our business walk through is just, um, yeah, yeah, I cannot express my gratitude enough. And yeah, and I'm just excited to be here. Well, thank you. Well, we're going to jump in with our usual question. If you've listened, uh, if you haven't, then what we'd like to start with is just how formation happens, you know, at a young age, so much about our life, the way that we think and live and relate to the world is formed in those early days. So we'd love just to start out with that. Like what's a early kind of formational memory for you, whether it's four or five, six, or being a teenager, you know, any of those kind of times when you look back and reflect on that, what comes up for you? Yeah, well, uh, my story, I grew up on a ranch uh, down in the hill country of Texas. And, um, and yeah, I think formative years, um, it was all about play and fun outside and exploring. Um, and then as I grew up, got really into sports and my, uh, my sister was as well. And so our household became kind of just the, um, yeah, the, the stomping grounds of like all sports teams. And, um, yeah. And so I think growing up, uh, hospitality, um, was just something that like I learned from just my parents opening up their home and uh and my mom just making like literally pots of spaghetti and you know king ranch chicken all sorts of country food um but yeah that's how I grew up and um uh I think for me um I you know we had great country food but I mean the store was probably about 45 minutes to an hour and um so once I got to college uh you know, I met Jay, uh, my husband, at a coffee house that he worked at, and I eventually got a job there. And um, exploring just food uh, in a way that's not just sustenance as an athlete, like not just like consuming this. I also had a big family, so it was like, um, you know, when meals were uh, on the, you know, on the stove or ready to go it's like okay how fast can you eat to get as much as possible um and so food and beverage was just very much about uh fuel you know and uh and yeah when I got to college that all changed um I started working at a coffee shop and uh started to really like see not only um how community could flourish in a space but also uh just how food and beverage could just be more than just fuel and you could actually savor it and you can delight in it and uh, you could be in all of it and you yeah so that was just really fun um and then Jay's uh, childhood story was very similar in hospitality like his uh his family was an open home to his friends and 
Um, but his he grew up in New Orleans and like New Orleans, the food and beverage culture was just so and it is just so rich um in depth and in um like literally I remember him telling me that he would go to like lunch with his family to figure out what they're gonna do for dinner and stuff and talk about like just food like food um or good beverages was um was a thing and obviously good coffee and beignets and stuff is what I think of in New Orleans. But um but yeah, he just grew up with this depth of appreciation for food and beverage and also loved the science behind it, like how to make certain things and um and so when we met in college and uh he was very like, you know, uh just uh creative and, and science driven and like wanted to know like um whether it was food or whether it was like taking apart something and rebuilding it and and I just like um I was very environment centered and so experiential um actually that was my degree in experiential learning but um but yeah I was all about the community and and working at that coffee house was just um incredible for me and then once we got to know each other um and we started dating I remember his his family took me out for sushi for the first time first experience with sushi and I just remember being in awe and just like wow this like it it was almost like I had been eating in black and white and now I was eating in in full color just um nothing against my my family and the way that um you know country cooking is uh is all about but um yeah I remember having an avocado for the first time and just being like wow this is insanely good and so I started to just like delight in in those things as well and not just see them as fuel and um and so we both fell in love with different things and complemented different things with the coffee house um and so that's that's our backstory as far as that goes um another thing too um as far as I think something that was really formative in those uh, uh, earlier years in college is um, that gave me a passion for just not just being an entrepreneur, but um, realizing that like, oh, like I have something to offer to this world that's not just like serving and sacrificing either like through work or like my like physically, like how exhausted can I get? Um, but yeah, my, uh, I, I took a British lit class my freshman year and I, um, and I, I mentioned like I grew up an athlete, never really felt I got the intellect gene. I was kind of more on the, uh, athlete side. And, um, and so I never saw myself as this, like, oh, I'm going to ace all the tests and, you know, um, yeah, I'd probably never be able to get into A&M these days, honestly, <laughs> like it was this is back in the day when they were kind of letting more people in and um and yeah so but my professor I remember we were studying Beowulf and um and he asked like a really complex question and I was like man I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot I feel like I you know know the answer and I raised my hand and um and uh and yeah I nailed it and um the professor's like, man, you know, you were able to connect these dots and no one else in the class could like, you are brilliant. And I remember that like stood with me, like, or like that kept like, even today, like, that's just like someone calling me brilliant was just one of the most formative things that, uh, happened to me in those years. And, um, and I realized that like intelligence isn't just linear, um, and that there can be different types in that, like, hey, just because my mind like creatively works a little different and I'm a little bit more about, you know, connections and like, um, you know, seeing uh, processes and procedures and seeing like all of these uh, dynamics like um, in patterns and stuff, uh, that's still a form of intelligence and that's a form of creativity. And uh, and so, yeah, that like awakened my eyes to like, hey, I I can do this. I can be either creative or can be intelligent in my own way. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that opened up all sorts of doors as far as like, uh, possibilities and dreaming and also a passion to instill that in others, like help them see their brilliance. Um, and yeah, so 
that's that's formative years. Yeah, that's One, I know it's a lot to condense all that. Yeah, go ahead and coop. I was just going to let's second King Ranch chicken. Just <laughs> put that out there because that's okay. I had that once a week growing up. <laughs> we awesome. so I have a similar story with food in that. We were just, we grew up in the suburbs, but grown, mm -hmm. but raised by people that grew up on farmland. Yeah. So my parents, we just figured this out not long ago. They're in their late seventies, have never had Chinese food. Oh, wow. And when I asked my dad, do you want Chinese food? He goes, why? And I was like, that's perfect. That's perfect. But that's how, like when I went to college, when I met my future wife, her family's mm -hmm. from South America. And so food, I mean, she mm. is very, I mean, just eating all everything, just crazy stuff. And I remember that yeah. opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't even know existed. Or to your point, yeah. just a level, higher level of quality, maybe even mm -hmm. sometimes You're like, man, this can be really good. But okay, yeah. so this is my first question hearing that when you guys were working at the coffee shop, mm -hmm. Was there always kind of a backline plan of like taking little mental notes or maybe even notes in a journal of like, man, if we ever do this, I'm going to do this one better, or we got to do it just like this. Like, did you, mm. was there some undercurrent there of like, man, if we ever had our own shop, I wouldn't do that <laughs> kind of thing? Um, Maybe a little bit. I mean, we were lucky that we had a uh, our boss, the owner. He was a foreign exchange student from Russia and he was just incredible. Like, um, oh, wow. man, he had a delight in things and in work and in just like taught us a reverence for just how a small business works and that the pennies uh, add up. Um, so it's all about the pennies and it's all about like how we love on people. Right. And so every, uh, person with any type of diversity or anything just felt so welcome in that space. And we just learned so much from him. So I would say that, honestly, we were storing up things that we wanted to um, replicate or that we wanted to uh, model for our community. Um, and whether it's that like, you know, the Vlad smiles is like, man, there's office space. He's just so happy all the time. And um, and it makes sense, right? He grew up with nothing. And I mean, the first time he had a cheeseburger was probably, I think, like when he was 19, 20 and same thing with fries. And so it was one of these like, um, it's the same thing really with everything, like um, that delight and that all and that like, um, yeah, it just radiated through him. And so that was one of the things uh, that honestly, in that same season that like even made me like, what what is uh you know and i knew i knew how strong this guy was in his faith and and of course um yeah i admired that as well but i was just like you know um yeah i just i wanted to know like what where this delight came from and um and so that was really cool and i think that's something that jay and i still hope to model and hope to uh be for yeah not only like um our staff and the community, but the industry as well is like, this is a really like hard place. Um, coffee shops, especially, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it can be, it can be tough to make everything work and to like, have it feel like your dream too. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I think though for Jay and I, like we were, it was just always like kind of one of those things that really like, yeah, let's do this when we retire, you know, like, uh, let's, let's make this dream happen when we retire one day and make this happen for, our you know, for a community. We had no idea that, you know, the Lord was going to open up some doors and, um, and that we were going to be able to do it, um, at such an early age, or I say early, we were 30 at the time, but, um, yeah. Nice. So I'm curious, like, what did you think you guys would be doing before you retired? Um, so honestly, like I'll probably always say my dream job is teaching. Um, I just, man, I love, uh, um, I mean, my, uh, my, my, you know, my mission statement, what I exist for is to, um, help develop the brilliance, um, and create, uh, intricate, uh, connections, um, and experiences. And so that's like what I, um, feel most alive in and uh 
And so, yeah, when we we opened up the coffee shop, I was still teaching and I was still coaching. I'm doing Capel's leadership program and I loved it so much. I actually got to like help uh, lesson plan and teach for the, like uh, set up things for the teachers as well. And, um, it was just amazing. And, um, and yeah, I, you know, try to do both for those first few years was really, really difficult. Like, I, I mean, yeah, the long hours, the like, you know, um, there wasn't, you know, there were no days off, you know, and um, and so I felt like my heart was like being torn into two different directions and, um, and yeah, like, but, but it was really sweet in that when I stopped teaching, I felt and I like knew that everything I loved about teaching, I still get to do. Um, and it just looks a little different. My kids are a little older, you know, like it's a staff of, you know, 20 year olds and now 30 year olds. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's incredible. And just setting up those experiences for the community or for our industry. And now even for other coffee shops, um, yeah, it's, it stirs my affection the same way that, uh, getting to teach does. And so I, I do feel like I'm still a teacher in a, you know, in a certain way, maybe, yeah, just different now. So. Yeah. What I hear in all of that is just the power of others speaking life into us, naming what we see, you know, whether you're a college professor just mm. saying, hey, that was brilliant. Those connections, you know, what that meant to you. We sometimes think that has to be this like multi-year journey of discipleship. And yet it was really one line in particular, you know, that you shared yeah. uh, from that story. I think it's just a good encouragement. And then hearing about Vlad, you know, always, I love that story of one of his gratitude. Um, mm. He just obviously had a heart of gratitude. And then- yeah what he instilled in UNJ, um, mm. you know, the seeds he planted that are still bearing yeah. fruit in our community, you know, that started down in College Station and have borne fruit up in uh, the Highland Village, Flower Mound, Louisville area. So um, I love that. So what happens, you know, you guys working with Vlad, working at the coffee shop in mm -hmm. College Station, and then move up to Flower Mound area, right. uh, move up a little bit north, and Originally, this coffee shop was just something in retirement, something mm -hmm. a dream that you had. Uh, and since I know people listening probably have similar dreams, right? Things that they yeah. want to do, but they're, they probably like haven't got there yet. How in the mm -hmm. world did you and Jay do that? Like, what was the fast mm -hmm. forward button there that allowed you guys to open up this Ooh. coffee shop? Yeah. Um, well, we just wanted it. Like, um, we were just eager for a place you know i had just gone through um this discipleships is called uh, at our local church it's called steps and um there just wasn't a good place in our community to meet and to have those hard conversations uh, or good conversations or um and for other people to have like their first dates or to work or to do life and um and so we just wanted it really bad right we wanted um a place for that jay just loved coffee so much he loved uh he still is so incredibly genius with like the scientific aspects of it um and the quality control and all that stuff he, he can taste things that i'm like wow you know i have no idea how your palate told you that but um but yeah so we just really started getting serious about um our community needs this like let's try and make a way um and we didn't have a ton of cash like saved up. Um, and we probably, I mean, man, we probably applied for more small business loans um, than you could imagine. Like, uh, and yeah, finally, uh, you know, got one. And after, you know, probably about a year and a half of like, man, writing, uh, Jay uh, just researched the heck out of, um, you know, uh, business plan stuff and wrote like a really great one. And we had, we, you know, talked with some advisors. We, uh, you know, listened to other coffee shop professionals. We started going to industry events. We just started getting advice. Um, and yeah, we talked to people in our local community, like, Hey, you know, if we do this thing, what, what do you want to see it be? And, um, and yeah, so by the time that we got, funding and we were we found a location and um 
we started like actually building it out and doing the things we had just so much knowledge, so much support and so much just like doors open that we never, we thought we were just going to be, yeah, like, you know, knocking in like it never happened until we retire. Right. And so, um, so yeah, just doors kept opening the more we sought out, uh, advice and then the more that we, um, yeah, just kept researching. Jay is a research maniac. Like he can, um, research a ton of things and so uh so by the time we we started we we knew quite a bit but we still had a lot to learn and so um and we needed a lot of help like i remember like uh one of our best friends dustin like he literally got all of his friends like to come help like just build furniture in the shop or to like um yeah just different like we literally took old Wendy's chairs and like reupholstered them. And they were the nastiest things, but we scrubbed every inch of them and just uh, tried to to make something new out of something old and broken. And um, but we we tried to do that with everything in, the, in that space and in that first shop. And um, and yeah, we did have to learn a lot along the ways. Um, Jay had to build a lot and learn how to build build a lot he's really talented at that but he still had to you know um try and and fail sometimes and um but uh overall like we were we were able to open may 2013 so um a couple years after um really pursuing it hard so and i just hear i mean persistence uh yeah. seeking the wisdom of counselors resourcefulness mm-hmm. um you know patience it's like you know I, in one sense you could say you guys were impatient because you're like we're gonna do that like we don't want to wait till we retire now but yeah in another sense a year and a half is a long time to not know if it's going to work or not you know yeah, like i imagine sure. those were some hard days and nights um like going yeah. to sleep waking up of like wait a minute is anybody ever going to Give us the funding we need to get started. Mm-hmm. So you guys have this open 2013. Mm-hmm. What's it like those first few years? I mean, is it successful? Or are you feeling like, okay, this is working. We're able to get mm-hmm. our, pay our loan back. Like just overall, is it average? Or are you like, this is scary, below average? Like mm-hmm. what was, what were those early years like? Yeah, um, man, uh, it was a mix. Like it was all over the place. Um, tired a lot uh physically and emotionally um but also having a lot of fun um and also just like not i mean we're just so young and dumb like we just had so much to learn and some of that stuff you have to experience you have to um like for me as an entrepreneur and just a little bit of a perfectionist um i want everything to be perfect right and so i wanted the you know nicer equipment i wanted the um pretty furniture and different things and um and yeah we had to really hit the brakes on that and we had to like okay we're gonna have an espresso machine that we completely rebuild and just try and make the best of it and um we're gonna have old grinders and we're gonna yeah we just had to uh we had to learn to steward things that um yeah maybe weren't the most ideal like we just had to do that really well and it was really hard um honestly i just didn't understand the financial side early on and jay was a lot better with that um but also it was hard for him to just tell me no and just be like no honey budget you know like all the time and um and it was hard for me i don't understand like the importance of sticking to the budgets and um and like those lessons that vlad taught us about like making the pennies um add up and count um, it's kind of like, I didn't realize like, oh, how, how many lattes am I going to have to sell to pay for this thing or to, you know, um, and then, yeah. Uh, so besides just the financial, a lot of it was just like, I mean, we were both still working in those early, uh, years, uh, in our careers and, um, and yeah, it was a, a little bit just like I said, my heart was pulled in multiple directions. Uh, and there was a lot of fun. There was a lot of like, uh, fun learning by like experimenting and doing and making mistakes. And one of my favorite quotes uh, from actually Thomas Edison is I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work, you know, and, 
that was kind of like a lot of our beginning years of like, oh man, we're just gonna, you know, um, try out everything and anything and, um, and have fun with it and see, you know, what sticks as far as, uh, long-term and, and that was a lot of fun. It was also a lot of like hard work and a lot of like, just, I did not know boundaries. I did not know how to be an entrepreneur and a leader. I didn't know how to, uh, not push with my ideas to where it was almost like a crushing weight. I had to like, um, learn it to step back and to, um, yeah, just have patience. Um, and then also had to, yeah, learn slowly how to be wise. Um, and I don't think any of those lessons could have been possible, like, or we would have made it through without just a supportive community, family members that would just help us and just chat with us and, um, yeah, and just a really amazing staff that had more grace for our um, just learning how to lead and how to love um, in a new business um, than we ever deserved. So. I I love this story because I think a lot of times stories they get when someone makes something and it's working mm-hmm. or surviving 10 years, that's more than mm-hmm. working. Sometimes it's like, it's got a catalyst story of like, and then boom, this happened. And especially with like music or arts, like, mm-hmm. and then I met Steven Spielberg in an elevator and you're like, okay, well, well I can't really put that in my business plan. Yeah. I love this story because this is authentic to me for all business and creative endeavors. It's like, it takes some guts and some, I'm just going to do it. It takes research. You have to get out of your comfort zone and learn things you didn't want to learn. And then you need to ask advice. You need to have mentors. Mm-hmm. You need to have community support and feedback. And I'm like, to me, and then you need grinding and sleepless nights. And I'm hoping those Wendy's chairs came out of the sunroom version of Wendy's. <laughs> Remember how Wendy's had a sunroom for some reason yeah. on the side? That's where I would always sit mm-hmm. to class it up a little bit. Um, but like that to me if somebody wanted to talk business, I would be like, you got to love it somewhere because this is what it really looks like. It's like death by a thousand cuts to get this thing going. Like you're going to need a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of help. And if if you think it's just going to be like this flash in the pan and then you're off and running, I I think we publicize those a lot, but I Mm -hmm. think that's like the 1%. And so this story, I'm like, this to me is the story I would want people to hear of like, this is what it mm. looks like. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely grimy at points and still is at times. I mean, I think the thing that I would emphasize to, or like if I could go back and tell myself, um, yeah, it would, it would just, uh, it'd be some of those lessons of, you know, pushing, you know, like, and that grit, I think, led to some really unhealth, like uh, some things that were unhealthy and um, and some things in my heart that like, you know, um, as far as just like grasping for control and trying to make things work. And I think as creatives and entrepreneurs, sometimes like we can get into that um, mindset where it's like, okay, I'm going to close my hands around this and it's mine and I'm just going to go and. Um, I will say there's there is multiple times where both Jay and I were on the brink of of burnout. And if we could go back and tell ourselves like, hey, um, these healthy rhythms, these rule of lives, these these things are like uh, the business. Like, yeah, you you can't uh, you can't just trade um, and just push through sometimes because it did like lead to some things I had to work through and that still have to work through. And it did lead to some like health issues. I believe, you know, the man, one of my favorite books, the body keeps the score, like those things come back uh, to you. And so I think balance, um, if I could go back and just show myself like, Hey, it'll be okay. Like have fun, run hard, like play well, like learn, fail, make mistakes, but also like, breathe you know like uh rest um you know uh 
yeah, have open hands. You know, I, I, yeah, I would, I needed to hear that uh, big time when I started. I feel like that's a lot of the athlete in you too, though. That's just, I feel like yeah. people that compete, are, compete at a higher level when it comes mm-hmm. to being an athlete, especially in team sports, mm-hmm. you don't know any other way than to go until you drop. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it was taught that way. It was pushed that way. The mm-hmm. best players yeah. were borderline crazy, you know, because of how hard they could push themselves. And so it's like yeah. you get into a, another environment where you see things that need to be done. And your first instinct is, well, I'll jump on that grenade and do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's a hard thing to be like, well, yeah, but you're also supposed to like basketball. <laughs> and like, if you win and you're just thinking about going to practice tomorrow, like you got to mm-hmm. celebrate these victories. And, and they don't, I don't feel like I had any coaches growing up that talked about celebrating victories really, or like oh, enjoying yeah. it. It was mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And so yeah, there's like work, that disconnect too. Put in the yeah. grind. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> for the sake of time, I want to move us mm-hmm. to what we kind of talked about as trials and tribulations. I mean, even though mm-hmm. we've already gotten to some of the grittiness, yeah. but from the outside, if someone was just following Edison, I think you would just be like, man, they seem to be doing really well. Every time I go in there, there's a certain staff that's like their second office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's if you know, you know. Um, and there's like, there's all this activity and it's great, but you know, there's some significant trials that emerge, you know, in the, the middle of the story. Mm -hmm. And, and so, man, I don't, it's, it's beyond this podcast to really unpack all of them, but Mm -hmm. maybe just if you could speak to, uh, kind of a few things that happen, whatever you're comfortable sharing and, you know, and, and if you're not, then don't, but, and then just getting through those like darker days, um, where it's, it's dark night. Um, you know, I think I'll just plug a book that I didn't mean to, but I'm reading the night is normal, uh, by Dr. Alicia Cole. Rich Jolie. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know her nailed it. clearly, but the book is awesome. I'm like halfway through it. Um, but it, she's really just teaching about the dark night of the soul, which we mm. know well in screenplay writing is always the end of act two. Um, where it just feels like everything is lost and, you know, just what we can learn from those spaces. And we probably aren't as, um, I don't know, we just haven't been taught as much about that mm-hmm. being normal, but it is normal. So you yeah. went through that, you guys go through that in some significant ways. So mm-hmm. just what, what do you think about when you think about those, those times? Yeah. Um, I think for us, the kind of tribulation period started about four years ago, um, 2019. Um, we had just opened up our flagship like store. Um, it was just beautiful. Like we put every bit of uh, effort into that. And, um, and again, community even like we invited people to come out and help us uh, do certain things. Um, some of our best buddies like tiling together, just different things like that. But um, yeah, and we had at this point in 2019 had been roasting for about three or four years and, um, had started to like, oh, wow, we are now a resource for other shops. We're, um, able to connect and to do all these, you know, amazing things in the industry and the connections with our producers and ethical sourcing and just really doing things locally to honor things globally. Like it was just all like lining up, um, and so it felt so good 2019 to be in that new, like huge space. I mean, it was 4,000 square feet building. And, um, and towards the end of that year, uh, we had a car crash in the front of the building. So it was a few months after we had opened and, um, and it left the front part of our, our cafe, like inoperable. And also just looked really bad from the outside. Like there was uh, plywood up. The city wouldn't let us put a banner. It was just like kind of a uh, to cover up the plywood. So it was just like, oh, wow, you know, doesn't look like we're open type of thing. And um, so that was the first thing that was really hard. Everyone ended up being okay, but it was just so scary to walk through. I remember being in the shop that day when that car crashed through and uh, some of my friends from the community and uh, some of our regulars were in that front room. and 
Like it just, wow. It uh, was the scariest thing that ever happened. It sounded like a bomb went off, you know, and, um, and everyone ended up being okay. And it was an elderly lady that thought she was pressing uh, the brakes when she was pressing the gas and she just kept flooring the gas. And, but even she was okay. We got her out and, um, but, uh, but yeah, so that happened. And literally a few months after that COVID hit, and that was just such a, another crushing blow. And it was honestly like for Jay and I as small business owners, um, you know, it was like, is this, is this it, you know? And, um, and we just tried to get as creative as we possibly could in that season. And we asked the team, we were like, Hey, you know, what do y'all want to do? Do y'all still want to work or do you like, um, what, what do we want to do here as a company? Cause we didn't want to sacrifice their health. And, but as a team, everyone wanted to work and they wanted to get creative. And, um, and so we did some crazy stuff in that season. Like, um, man, I remember we were selling toilet, toilet paper to like butter to like, Hey, we'll bring you a latte and like all your house, you know, needs. Um, and we just tried to like meet the community where they were at in that season and like, hey, let's not focus on survival as much, but just get creative and meet needs. And so we just did that. We we launched care packages and we sent out like this like package of candles. Oh, and that's another thing we started doing. We started doing candles and just doing hobbies because uh, there was no one able to come in the shops. We were like, hey, let's learn new things. And so we started making candles and our staff loved it so much. And I loved it so much that we just started selling them. And so we put them in care packages with chocolate and with coffee and like cinnamon across the nation. And it was just the most beautiful thing. Um, but it was still so, so, so hard. Um, I feel like the business was changing every day. Um, it just got so much uh, just change fatigue. Um, and then, um, yeah, finally kind of COVID's starting to wear down and like we're getting back to normal and the fire hit last fall um and now we're left completely without a business home um and yeah so uh and that was like i could go on um about that for like a whole podcast episode as well but i think um what just like going through all that um like, obviously, uh, Kent, I mean, uh, and Lauren, y'all all, like, kind of saw um, that season for us. And you saw, like, the devastation and the, wow, uh, the decisions we had to make were just, like, so hard, so heartbreaking. And um, But we were able to uh, keep operating. And, um, and, like, man, just, again, some doors opened. We're able to... Uh, just office out of some temporary spaces and, and roast up in Decatur and um, keep the uh, wholesale business side going. And, um, and it was a lot to process and work through uh, with the team. Um, and that's where we had to get um, Kent you coming in, Kent Studios, and just like, hey, we just felt like we need it to take this time to figure out who we want to be, uh, who we are. And we know we still have... You know, a lot left to give um but we were just confused you know and um and i think too trauma kind of does that to you it leaves like a haze over where things just leave cloudy you know feel cloudy and you just need support and help to get you through and um we had so much of that and man i am um i learned so much about leading through adversity through that season and being a creative uh, through adversity in that season and being a human through adversity in that season and uh, still are a little bit in that season. Um, we haven't uh, reopened a cafe. We, we have reopened our roastery and um, got a training lab, got a retail where people can come and buy whole beans and get some free drip coffee. And, um, and yeah, we're able to operate so well now um already in just such a short amount of time um but it's still like in that season I had to just simplify things and I had to just like okay Jay and I kept having to ask like the important questions like um obviously the things that we were working on were like completely off the table you know once the fire hit it was like what now type of thing and 
we just kept focused on what is most helpful and hopeful for our team. Those were like big things that were just like, okay, is it helpful? Is it hopeful? If it is, we're gonna like, we're gonna put energy towards it. If it's not, you know, we're gonna try and um, set it aside for right now and uh, and process it when we need to process it. And um, so yeah, leading through adversity, um, just a big thing. And man, I I can't tell you how this last season has shaped who Jay and I are and who our business is, like the cultivating relationships and exploring beauty. Like we exist like for that in a way we never did before. Um, yes, we loved growing together with coffee ideas and people. And we love like, oh man, I miss our community so much in that spot that we had. But now I have this um, and this gratitude that's even bigger than like what I experienced with, uh, you know, in Coffee Station or what I experienced that's at that right. avocado the first time or that sushi. Um, like, you know, um, Lauren, a, a person that um, we both know um, once or not once, but said, I think it was like last weekend or the weekend before, but you uh, you can't be grateful when you're entitled and like when something gets taken away or when you um, realize, hey, this might not last forever or um, yeah, there's this gratitude where man, like, yeah, like I, I got to make coffee today for our team. And so the people who are coming in to buy, um, buy some whole beans or just stop by to see the roastery and man, that's a, it's just a renewed gratitude. I like, we, um, as Edison, there's no reason why we should still be here like the odds of those things happening and in those circumstances like that's yeah that's crazy I mean I know we've been in business for 10 years but that's um that's crazy and um so the fact that we get to do what we get to do for another day and that we get to I mean even last week we got to train three different uh shops throughout last week and it was just like life um giving and cultivating and like um our team just like man you gotta see them shine and you gotta see them um uh just do what they love and uh and yeah so we are incredibly grateful i don't, I don't even know how to uh put that into words rightly other than like um yeah it's a gift it's a gift and it's one not like um yeah, I'm just trying not to take uh, for granted every single day. And every time we get to do an event right now or train a shop or every time we get to meet with one of our producers or um, every time I get to see uh, like one of our staff members, like the last Friday, um, our head roaster was just sharing his experience with this new coffee shop of like, hey, this is how I felt when I got to and how honoring it was when I got to you know, uh, brew and like, um, serve, uh, Rodrigo's coffee back to him, which is one of our producers. And he's just a genius producer. I mean, like he gets into like some crazy stuff, like, you know, like anaerobic fermentation and, uh, carbonic maceration, all these like fancy words and stuff with coffee. He just is like doing it. Right. And we get to be a part of that and we get to honor his work. And then also with like, you know, our uh, producers in Guatemala are coming uh, next month and like we get to host them. And so there's these things that we get to be a part of. And there's these things that like I get to see the team just like even Miranda, uh, Miranda just like picking out plants and like uh, she just uh, she has such a gift for aesthetic uh, and for like, well, you know, making a welcoming space and seeing her just decorating stuff, um, not only for us, but for the accounts that come in and like that we get to train or for the community that comes in and it's, it's just so cool. And so, yeah, all I have to say is like, we are thankful. We are so, so thankful. And I think when, as you know, an entrepreneur, as a creative, when you can just function out of gratitude um, and let all the like details or miss, you know, or the things that aren't perfect, just kind of rest, you know, um, and you can just like be grateful for, uh, for, for what you have, um, or what you get to do. Um, it's just a really powerful thing. Um, 
Yeah. And so one of the uh, quotes, I think, um, I'm going to read it because I don't want to butcher it, but that I learned just in this season is, um, uh, it's one of my favorite quotes right now, but it's lighthouses don't go running over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining by Anne Lamott. Um, and I just love that because like, um, you know, in the season we couldn't just immediately fix things and um it was my desire like let's rush open like reopening a cafe or let's do everything we can to uh rebuild as quickly as possible and um yeah that just wasn't wise and it wasn't the steps that we needed to take right now that we knew uh for the health of our company and for the flourishing of our business that we needed to uh step into and so yeah, just getting to do what we get to do and like um, not necessarily trying to solve all the world problems, but uh, it's another quote I love, like do for the one that you want to do for all, right? And that's what we're really pressing into right now is like, man, the one shop that we get to help open or the one customer that does come through our doors or the one um, employee that I had that check-in with or, uh, you know, that one podcast I get to do, um, like, do for the one what you wish you could do for all. And so we're just trying to make the most of those moments. And it's just been so rewarding. And um, and I can't say like how much, yes, it's been the hardest season of our business, but also I feel more newness and life and just, um, yeah, passion, you know, than we've ever felt. So, and a lot of that's Jake too. I mean, most of it's Jake. I, um, yeah, Jay and the team, like they, man, they hold up my arms. They, uh, they, they know how to support and to love well. So, man, when oh, I oh shoot, did we go over? Oh man, I'm so sorry, guys. It's okay. You're fine. Uh, when I think about your story, Melanie, I think I mean I keep I was jotting some things down. Just the courage that it took. You know, we've got a tagline: creativity meet courage. Over oh, and God. over, it took courage for you guys i couldn't have like pushed it to retirement but you didn't yeah um, laid on your heart and you wanted to go for it the courage it took to strike out on your own the courage it mm. took you expanded location the courage it took to rebuild after the car drove through oh, the window i mean there are all these things that you could have just said you know what it's for later it's not now but you kept showing up and using your creativity with courage. And then I love that you had this eye for the community. Um, and so, like you said, do it for the Warren, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that you not just the community, you know, broadly, but also the community that you were cultivating with your staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a lot for me personally, and I'm sure many that are listening here that maybe it's not a shop you're opening, but it's something that you've been put on your heart that you could find every reason under the sun not to go and do um but to step into that to have the courage mm. to step in to uh start putting you know building maybe a bar so to speak that maybe you have no business building a bar i don't know if a countertop if that was an issue at the first <laughs> <part. laughs> all right yeah. was that no I, yep thank mm-hmm. you yes Um, But that you tried and then it didn't really work out. So you had to replace it with the real thing, you know, Mm -hmm. going after it, holding it loosely. Um, The shot, you know, yes, there was a shadow side to the grit, but there was also Mm -hmm. a golden side to that grit because it pushed Mm -hmm. through to the next thing to not give up. Um, And then, you know, just continuing to show up and go for it, ask for clarity um, and then to hold it loosely and have gratitude i just think whoever is listening you know right now to the story that might not be a coffee shop they want to open or some kind of brick and mortar but maybe some kind of dream where man just i'm drawing from uh y'all's story melanie and i'm just so grateful for you guys for um showing up continuing to show up and continuing um kind of to do the thing <laughs> do the thing yep yeah we love it. And so thanks for saying that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I don't, um, yeah, I love, I love courage and uh, I love that, uh, tagline that y'all have. It's, um, yeah, 
It's amazing. Go kit. <laughs> Go kit. Well, I, I do. I just want to say, like, you've been able to say thank you to people. But I, I just know from talking to people in our community, just, you know, like beha on behalf of those people, you know, that aren't sitting in front of the mic, just thank you and Jay and the team for doing all that you guys have done to cultivate relationships. And truly that's mm -hmm. happened, you know, whether it's been in the cafe or it's people that are ordering these beans that are from all these amazing producers and um, these great flavors. And then they're doing what you and Jay grew up doing and what you did with Vlad mm -hmm. of getting to have great conversations around good coffee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that. Just thinking about all yeah. those people out there that you guys have impacted and then just the exploration of beauty that happens in that um, is really cool. And I know of lots of stories of um, in the shop and outside of the shop, just where really amazing conversations have taken place, mm -hmm. like turning points for people in their mm -hmm. life. And so you guys need to hear that and have courage mm -hmm. put in your hearts. Um, you know, just it's, it's really been significant. So it's. Uh, it's honestly been humbling and so beautiful to be a part of, um, you know, one of the things exploring beauty, like the community has, uh, I mean, I know this has been a lot of like, okay, Jay and I built this type of thing, but like really we feel the community has built so much more of the important parts than what we have as far as those cultivations and, um, and to get, get to be a part of it and to witness it and to, play alongside like with people uh with food and beverage and just with uh a space and with coffee you know um it's just so so incredible so we are grateful awesome uh coop lauren anything uh, for you guys that went by fast and it's like already I did i did rush, so. good great thanks for coming on Mel for people that want to try your coffee those kind of mm -hmm. things I'm going to put the website in the show notes so okay. it's a quick and easy link um anything else uh, I know you guys are on the socials uh what's mm -hmm. the handle what's what's uh, the handle? Edison Coffee Co at Edison at Edison Coffee Co great so you can mm -hmm. check it out follow them there y'all do a great job with social I mean I know it's been a team effort there but yeah nice, we got nice a great stuff. marketing team and uh, a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Well, all right. Hey, thanks for listening. And thanks again, Mel, for joining us. And yeah, uh, so to Jay, who I know you're representing. And so yeah. uh, grateful <laughs> for you guys. And for everybody else, we will see you on our next episode. All right. Uh, Y'all are crushing it. Keep it up. Jump, jump. And you might think, what if I fall?